Hi, it's Emmanuel Judice here and welcome to episode number 14. This is the podcast Leading Your Change initiative. And today I want to talk about um, one of the topics I think is quite important in the context of business change and delivering business change initiatives. I always want to refer back, as you've noticed from previous episodes, to what are the big three asks, what are the big three demands, the objectives, if you will, of any change project initiatives. I've worked with a lot of new as well as established leaders or temporal leaders in progress and change. These were innovation initiatives, technology-based, and and an impact in multiple countries globally across the five different regions. Uh, generally, uh, I've started noticing a patterns over the last over the last seven years, seven and a half years, and and that's that um, there are three the three elements, the three macro areas that uh, seem to be consistent across the industries. I work across uh, in different different types of industries from online and offline marketing. Um, uh, recruitment, uh, IT, um, academic and education, and um, oil and gas, um, fast-moving consumer goods, and others. So there are there are there are some patterns, and the what what the objectives are of any change projects usually get simplified into you know change management. We hire, we develop, we create a change management um, framework, or we, we we develop or create a change management capability. It's going to help us to introduce change. You do it effectively, and 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 will ensure the business is on board, whilst ensuring also that there's a minimal disruption disruption of the business. We don't break the business basically. We minimize the risks of that. In my experience, in my direct experience and opinion, that this element of change management um, it's it's a it's a it's not sufficient in ensuring that your initiative actually delivers the value that it is meant to deliver. Because uh, I've been asked a lot of different leaders, both in as a uh, when I started off my career as a, in, as a change manager, but also in a consultant and on, on, on a leadership coaching um, level, most recently, is that <clears throat> the what success looks like from a from a sponsor's point of view. It's not just about you know ensuring your business on board there is minimal disruption to business. That's one of three components. The other two components, you might, you probably hear me saying that over and over again because I want to kind of relate it back to you know business value of change. Really, um, the other two components. Number one is uh, these strategic initiatives. Uh, they define. Um, they have to. They they basically align to a strategy of an organization. And these programs will change these projects. They have to deliver specific functionality, specific features. This system that has been invested on has to do something that's very tangible, is very clear by those users, the specific groups of people in, in your business that like to make use of it. So in other words, your investment has to deliver a technology that's fit for purpose, right? And that's, that's, that's in one way or another, that was most of the answers that I got back from these leaders was that, you know, but the tool we've created doesn't doesn't actually fulfill that. I'll give you a specific example. I was supporting a a global um, the, the rollout on internally uh, designed global financial reporting system. This wasn't off the shelf. It was being you know developed internally without by the organization. And the the audiences that were meant to to use those tools, so the the, the reporting, um, the the new form of reporting, where both product management, there were marketing people, there were sales organization, as well as uh, finance functions. Right? There was a lot of different stakeholders. They would have received access to this dashboard, 
Now, the specific value to the business, so what the tangible value to the business is that these, uh, this uh, global organization that was very accustomed to, it was a growing organization, that was accustomed to uh, uh, run spreadsheet-based analysis across different countries, and everyone was doing it different ways, uh, actually <clears throat> hadn't achieved any consistency. There was no control. There's no centralized control checkpoints. You couldn't you know, compare suppliers from one country to the other. And, and you couldn't actually have a consolidated strategy for what products were going to be more prof- profitable versus others. Now, um, when one of the, the biggest challenges this organization was facing is that once a, this internal system has been developed, Right. This uh, we we've we had this financial reporting system and this financial reporting features that will push out reports on a monthly basis or ad hoc rep- as well as a ad hoc reports as and when needed by the finance departments. But what you find is that the reports are starting hitting the uh, the sales teams as well as the product management team. They weren't fit for purpose. They the the feedback was and that was that was very emotional. It was a lot of you know, emotive charge. Um, the, the feedback was that the the sales organization would actually draw, draw more insights and more meanings from the spreadsheets that they were running on their own. And it was much quicker, right? So this centralized system that was meant to be fit for purpose wasn't actually delivering what was expected. And if you put off, for those of you that have kind of more direct experience working closely with a sales organization, I had did work with some salesforce.com implementation, this is, is sales professionals, they're very dynamic in nature, right? They have to make snap decisions. They have to have um, as much information as possible instantly to be able to have an informed conversation with a prospect, with a client in any type of negotiation. So um, what you find is that this is actually the business value, right? This is the, this is the business value. So going back to the first three points of so what, projects aim to achieve one one is you need to develop a technology and this example is just an example but can apply to any type of technology we're actually rolling out or utilizing so first of all uh, uh, the leaders any initiative wants a system platform technology or change that is fit for purpose it does what is meant to be and it's clearly the, the values it clear is tangible for everyone else that everyone is going to use utilize the technology and number two um, so objective number two of any change initiative is that that project has to deliver on time and on budget or at least close enough to those targets. You know, cost overruns can really destroy a project, a program. And you hear all the time of, of projects that get overrun by a year, two years, and that's extremely expensive, very expensive for businesses. And number three, so objective number three, goal number three of any change initiative and sponsors, and this is a conversation of it multiple times over the years, is that, yes, we need to have the business on board. We need to bring in a comms resource, a change manager, a comms and change expert, or maybe we just uh, train someone internally and we leverage some internal synergies, right? So we use someone that already works in that area. But change management, having a business board and reducing the impact of it is only one of these three components. Now, um, again, as I said before, these are this is the context, and this is why I like to um, you know record these episodes and always kind of link it back to the value of um, you are in charge of a change project or initiatives. The value actually gets defined by these three objectives. Now, in the context of today's episode, and more specifically around um, 
what I want to discuss is the right level of details when introducing change. You often hear about, uh, if you look at the, um, the reasons why change projects fail, you know, there are different statistics that they range from 60 uh, percent to 75 to 80 percent of change projects failing. And actually, this is failing to achieve those three objectives in a, variance, a variant of those three objectives as I just mentioned. Um, so there's a lot of statistics and the reasons that are identified for those failures that you might have, uh, you know, um, we didn't have the resources, uh, the time, we had time constraints, we had dependency we hadn't accounted for, there was change fatigue, uh, the, the leadership didn't support us correctly. And there was a political a political situation within the business. There's a lot of, lots of different um, you know, analyses of why change initiatives fail. What I want to... Um, uh, what, what I want to offer today through this episode is that a view that um, I've had both an inside an inside out view. So I was involved at in the beginning of my career operationally. I really understand how a finance department works, credit collection, marketing, um, HR, procurement, sales, right? I've occupied all of those roles uh, 10 years ago, uh, 10, 12 years ago. But then when I started off my, 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 my career in change management, I actually started looking at things from a more managerial perspective, supporting managers, people on the ground. And eventually, most lately, I do work with, with leaders that are in charge of those initiatives, right, on a consulting level. But I've seen, I've seen both sides of the equation from facilitating change, facilitating this workshop, conducting impact, change impact assessments, as well as... <clears throat> You know, having been in a boardroom where strategic initiatives, strategic um, projects are laid out and objectives are laid out. And then on the back of that, you have programs are changing projects. So you need to make sure they, they get implemented successfully. Now, in my experience, there is two breaking points here. One is the ability of a, 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 a guiding coalition, the people that are the sponsor, people that are invested in making it work, the, the ability or the capability to articulate the value to an implementation team. This is what I call the change team, the project teams, the delivery team, right? They have different names for, but meaning the same thing in different organizations. So people in your change team, in your project team, do not get the actual value, uh, they don't understand how to, to translate a strategy into execution. There are different reasons for that. I don't mean to kind of go into that right now, but that is that is one of the biggest challenges. Um, so we have a strategic initiative, and we have senior leaders are very excited by it, but then when it comes down to implementation, the the momentum isn't there, the um, the, method, the delivery methodology isn't there. Uh, people develop and create code and functionality, but it's really, really, very much disjointed. There is this huge gap, almost a glass, glass ceiling between, you know, the strategy group and the implementation and delivery tools. Now, if you go into the, and when you look at the strategy group is where, you know, a lot of this analysis of where change goes wrong. This is where people look at. If you, if you also Google it, you'll find a lot of results of an articles of why change fails. Now, what I want to offer to you today is an inside out view, meaning what happens in the in the trenches, if you will, right? Where do actually things go wrong on a day-to-day -day basis? There's different elements that I don't know, I get to cover it through the other episodes, but one of the things that I want to tease out is your change team, your project team, usually supports a technology. And your technology expertise, these are very savvy professionals with qualifications. They are introducing change. They are driving the change, but their expertise is very technical in nature. 
they are the expert on creating something that is functional. For them, is a, is a, is a is a binary decision, right? The system either works or doesn't. The functionality either works or doesn't. But what you find over time is that if your change team, there's their responsibilities to develop the technology, deliver technology, and and make it sure it is functional. That is only a part of you know one of your three success metrics we defined up front. It's not sufficient to create a technology. It's not. That's not the, the, this is it's a necessary condition, but it's, it's by far not sufficient because you want to have you want to be able to have your business on board. Now, specifically, um, your your technology team is very much focused on delivering developing code. I'm not talking about IT consultants, IT developers. Um, I'm talking about uh, lead developers and IT consultants with different areas of special specializations and trainers. So they all focused on <coughs> creating a system, a platform, a collaboration tool, a system upgrade and migration. They want to make sure that it functions, it works, and it doesn't break the business. But that hardly ever actually gets your business on board. And what I found is one of the, the overwhelming, one of the kind of majority of these projects that get delayed. Uh, were actually due to the fact that this technology team were actually working on the wrong deliverables. They were working on developing some codes and some functionality. For example, if a finance department needed a an historical set of data, you might find your team that you find your team, your development team, your technology team is actually developing wants to kind of draw data from legacy systems from the last fifteen years. That was never a requirements. That was never a requirements in the first place. So. The, although Agile is trying to address that by having, you know, stand-ups, by having sprint reviews and demos and models that get presented to the business beforehand, beforehand, I find the methodology is still not sufficient. So what I'm trying to get to do to kind of highlight, uh, kind of put a spotlight on here is the fact that um, the, the level of detail your technology team works on is absolutely essential and, and it's critical in establishing whether they will create something of value versus if they are creating code for the sake of doing it because there is no one is actually holding up a, a set of targets, priorities that need to be followed through on a day-to-day basis. Right? I believe that the right level of detail actually includes, a, a for example, by using the Agile a framework, a product owner that on a almost daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a sprint level, that tells you these are the objectives, and these are this is what you uh, are working on, and the product owner needs to support uh, the developers in ensuring there's an exact development of those specific features and functionality, as a, as opposed to having everything else that doesn't matter. Uh, another example I can use, or, or, matters, or matters less, if you think about the Moscow prioritization tool, you know, the one-half. These are features, functionality uh, that we don't need right now. It would be nice. We want it within the context of this project, so we can have that later on. So, um, so when I talk about the right level of details, it's really about... Uh, ensuring, and I believe this is the responsibility of a business representative, in the case of the Agile methodology, would be the product owner. It could be a sponsor, it could be different people, but a person that has an understanding of what the functionality of the technology needs to be like, and they need to be consistently communicating what they expect to see through a model, through a, a demo, 
through continuous feedback. It's not sufficient to have a one-off, you know, uh, system architecture definition up front and a user interface definition up front. And then you don't get to review it. You don't get to communicate. You don't get to check. You don't get to keep track of it. And, and I believe that maintaining the eyes on the, on the price, which is basically what is the specific, what is the column, uh, what, what, what is the dashboard, what are the, the headings in the dashboard will give the greatest value to our procurement department when they make decisions. And can you show us that? I believe this uh, keeping an eye on the price and maintaining focus on the right level of detail actually gives you exactly that. You will have a business representative that's constantly checking that what is being developed is not for the sake of developing it, right? Not for the sake of passion and making it work, but the right deliverable gets de- gets developed, the right the right functionality, the right function, the right um, design, right? It has to be fit for purpose, and and. Oftentimes, the, the reason why projects get delayed and sometimes the solution is not fit for purpose is that technology team get called, they're just making, um, and solution architects, they're just making personal judgments about what it is that is needed or uh, they are not supported in, in they're not constantly communicated um, on what it is actually valuable for, for the developers to go and create, right? So... Working towards the right level is, I'm going to give you another example. Uh, not every knowledge transfer session is particularly important. You have a system, you have a, um, legacy systems, um, and you have new systems that get integrated off, off the shelves that get integrated into your business or completely new systems develop in-house, right? So <coughs> these systems um, have to be um, somehow integrated um, with... Um, so they need to be integrated. So they have been utilized by a set of business stakeholders, business users, right? Uh, but the new system will replace them. Now, a, a knowledge transfer session is going to allow the, the new people, so the new system to be presented in a way that actually is seamless and continuous to what the previous legacy system was doing. Now, uh, in this case, just to really make it very basic and simplified, if your users do not get to what the new system is doing, and how that how would that differentiate itself from the previous system, how that simplify things, then rest assured you're not going to have a system a system a platform or a tool that's fit for purpose. Um, so in this case, the, the the role of your technology expert is not just to develop code, is to be able to sit down and explain and express in a way that's clear enough what it is that the system needs to do and receive feedback from your stakeholders. We're talking about knowledge transfer sessions. So, so we'll have business representatives, users, super users, or business sponsors or product owners. They actually turn up and they, they will have to provide guidance on um, what they expect to see. And, and, and they will need to receive a, a knowledge transfer, which is basically a walkthrough of what the new system looks like. Now, in this case, the right level of detail, so the, the result everyone is after is the, the dashboard that, or the, the walkthrough, uh, a specific training session that actually walks your business through what they need to see, right? It's not the technical 
components that go behind the system that goes in the background. No one needs to see that. So, but from a development point of view, from a technology team point of view, if they get asked to come in a room, they will basically give you the, the ins and outs in every single detail because that's the professional bias, right? But that's not needed. That isn't delivering any value or very little of value, very little value into the business, uh, let alone you know causing frustrations because people don't understand what's actually happening, what's actually being built. So what I'm highlighting here, obviously I'm kind of sharing a bit of um, a few stories around that. What I'm highlighting here is that the business outcomes should deliver, should drive the right level of focus for your technology team, for your development team. And business outcomes look like a knowledge transfer session, for example, or a dashboard, or a model, or um, a kind of a template that will be utilized after go live. Now, these conversations have to be continuous. And, and having um, connecting the dots for your development team. This, remember, these are people that do uh, coding. They develop code. Right? They don't necessarily have the insight into the bigger picture of what the code would do for the business. And I believe that ensuring that they, have, they understand what the specific piece of development is and how that ties into the value to the business is really critical because that maintains the right level of focus to the right level of detail to, the, to ensuring to the, that we will deliver what is expected as opposed to developing and creating technology for the sake of it then very few people, if no one at all, will use eventually. Um, if you do so, so if you start looking at this from, from that perspective and start really ensuring that you have allocated resources uh, in your team, they have a very strong business expertise or expectations of what the business needs to do. And this person has a very clear understanding of your technology team and how that works. You will start seeing that the project delays are going to start to diminish, the risk of delay diminish. And the solution that will be developed will be far better um, place to deliver value as per, as, per, as per the expectation of your key business audiences. Now, I understand this session was a bit heavy on practicality and heavy on what happens in the ground. And, and not, not, not all sessions will be geared towards, you know, what is happening in the ground. But there are some clear tactics, uh, some clear wins that you can establish, you can put in place to, you know, sometimes... Leaders, one, one of the, the complaints I hear from, from leaders is that, you know, my team, um, they just always give me a reasons why we're late. And in practical terms, this is lack of understanding. There's lack of real focus on what, ad, would, what will drive the biggest value for you as a business owner, for you as a, a, as a project sponsor. So fill that gap. Fill that gap of understanding between technology and technology-focused detailed and translate that into a specific business functionality. And then the simplest way to do that is by really looking at some of these, these tools, templates, um, models, and, and demos we talked about today.